0: Welcome to episode 130 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, if you've been a follower of the show, uh, then you'll recognize the voice. And I only say the voice because this is the first time we've had him on the uh, video portion of the podcast. And that is our old friend Josh Carson. He has decided to join us to talk about the NBA. So, Josh, thank you for coming on. We really do appreciate it.
1: I well, appreciate being here. You know, hopefully everybody enjoys the view of the majestic mountains I got in my background here and uh you know it's lovely yeah, where are this, you this, right now <laughs> we need a backstory <laughs> uh off the grid jason Bourne, uh, not that's <laughs> somewhere somewhere in the hills of el dorado here coming oh, back nice. from work
2: oh, nice. yeah we just uh, locked in this this interview this time with josh so we're really using off <laughs> all of our time <laughs> using up this opportunity
0: Josh is a, Josh is a busy man. Give everybody a quick rundown. Cause I know for people who listen to the show, you know, we do have a lot of people who went to school with us. So right now just give us a quick, like one or two minute rundown of kind of what you're doing and where you're at right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, the past, well, let's see here, graduated from university in the 2021 spring. So yeah, just about a year because, you know, Jessup's coming up on their, their graduation again. So got out of there and then, Took a summer, did, I don't know, the multiple part-time jobs thing. Like, I'm sure a lot of listeners know how that goes. And uh, after that, worked for a local production company for about seven and a half months, seven months. I did a lot of cool jobs on that. It was lighting, audio, staging, stuff that I've really uh, not done a lot in my life. Uh, Big, big learning curve, but uh, some solid dudes there. And that was a good experience. Got to travel a lot. Uh, We did Space Needle for New Year's Eve. That was really cool. Tough at the same time, snowing like crazy. Sam up there in Washington probably experienced that a little bit. They say it was supposed to rain a lot. and We got a lot of snow, and so that was it was you know something out of the ordinary in my life, but definitely enjoyed it. Uh, and then recently, I've been on for about a little over a month now. Uh, it's a video editor for Max Preps. Uh, if you've heard of fan of sports, played high school sports, possibly you've heard of Max Preps. They're America's leader in high school sports. Uh, they're owned by CBS Sports, so um, some cool connections there. And um, yeah, you know, just going in like working, working from home a lot. That's a cool thing, saving gas because the prices are wild. Uh, but you know, occasionally going into the office is a great office space. And yeah, we cover stories, uh, top teams, top players nationally, and uh, throwing together video and just getting it out to all the the social platforms for Max Preps.
0: Well, see, and for those of you who may not know Josh like we do, before he got that big old uh, job, which is awesome that you're doing that, by the way. Um, I, I know that at least the three of us had spent plenty of time on max preps in high school, looking at others' team stats or our stats um, or anything in that nature. Um, Josh also years, 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 years ago started a YouTube channel that uh, eventually gained a lot of a lot of ground and had a became a much bigger channel um as uh, as time went on when was the last time that you uh are you still active on that i hadn't checked recently i've been for the most part keeping up but it's been a minute since i've gone to your channel
1: yeah well no, i appreciate it and, and uh you know it's been a minute since i've posted on there as well i believe december <laughs> was the last time i posted uh you know the job that i do now really accompanies everything i was doing on youtube plus a couple more things so you know, once once the week is over and I've put in the the hours, I'm looking to have some time off from it. Uh, but, you know, hopefully soon I can find out some type of strategic way to get myself back on there, even if it's not as consistent as before, because, you know, there's still some things that, that I'd like to cover. But uh, now it's been a while since I've been on there. But no, I mean, to everyone, like even young listeners, it's a great asset. If you can build up a channel or even what you guys are doing now, kind of building up your own platform, you can do it over years. so You can showcase your work. I mean, if I didn't have that channel, there's no way that I have the job that I have now. So um, definitely, definitely take advantage of that and just continue to work on your craft.
0: And yeah, just log it away in your portfolio, something that will exactly. come back. Yeah. Um, I've used it plenty of times during job interviews. So, Yeah. <laughs> um, all right well you used
2: your uh your appearance on the slam dunk competitions for jc3 in your interview i
1: should have what it was
0: <laughs> i should not <laughs> <laughs>
1: provide provide a link down there to those videos yeah jason and i you know our, our eighth grade dunk contest is actually the video that won him over and said that's the one that we need to hire you because of that right there <laughs> so. wait you're telling me this guy is better than what he is right now oh sign me up <laughs>
0: Oh man. Well, we've got a lot to get to uh, in a very short amount of time. I've got two questions for Josh about the NBA playoffs. Sam has got two questions as well. Um, I'll start us off and I'll start us right with, I guess, the biggest series through round one, which is the one that ended the quickest, which was the Boston and New York series. Boston ends up sweeping the nets. That final game four was 116 to 112 So the question that I have for you, Josh, is what do you think that series – what do you think that that series' headline should be? Was it more of the Nets not being good enough maybe to win that series, or was it just Boston is that good? Which storyline do you think was more appropriate for that series?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and, you know, obviously – You know, the blame scales and everything has already been put out there for Brooklyn just because they have the big name players in Kyrie and KD. But ultimately, I think the the headline should be that Boston is that good. I mean, they've been playing consistently this well since that mark. I believe it was in January where they turned it around. Uh, The energy is about to change or whatever the statement was from Jalen Brown. And uh, they've been playing great ever since. The interesting parts that I've really picked up from the series is uh, Ime Udoka, I believe, is the coach for Boston. Mm -hmm. He was an assistant for Brooklyn last year. And this is some of the best defense as a whole, total team that I've seen played uh, in a while. Um, His defensive scheme, not only against Kevin, but against against Kyrie, they really were able to neutralize uh, those star players for the Nets. And you don't really see, especially Kevin, you don't really see him have a performance like that. I mean, you have to go back all the way till uh, I believe it was 2013, maybe even 14, when they were playing. He was on OKC, and they're playing Memphis, and Tony Allen was guarding him. It's probably the mm. the biggest challenge that he's had since then, uh, because he's such an effortless scorer, and he can he can rise up over the defense. But there were certain uh, ways that they were guarding, uh, such as just to get into it really quick, they they'd post them up on a wing, and he'd try to. Uh, try to back down and then face up for his jumper and the certain ways that Tatum would get in get in him he would not allow him to rip through he would not allow him to get into his dribble pull up cadence they'd always bring a second guy shadow help so like defensive schemes like that were great obviously as great of a player Durant is he's not going to be shut shut out every single game so in game four you know he did what he did but uh, the main point out of that is that Boston is that good they're defensively great, and not only are they just a scrappy, great defensive team. They have stars in that team. Jason Tatum is a bona fide mm-hmm. star, and so is Jalen Brown. And Tatum is very skilled as a as a wing. Uh, I think Boston can really make some noise, especially if they go into a, a round seemingly with the Bucks. If Chris Middleton's not there, um, it'd be interesting to see how they guard Giannis. I don't. I mean, I didn't think anybody could stop KD, and while they didn't, they did a great job of containing him in a lot of games. Let's we'll see if they can do that. Uh, against Giannis and then uh, you know finally, with them, um, that it was the closest sweep that we've seen though, in a while. Like, yes, Brooklyn was one guy away who was sitting on the bench wearing purple and orange. who needed to stop oh, where <laughs> <laughs> who needed to stop about six to eight Boston points, mm. And that series could have been completely flipped around as good as Boston is and as dysfunctional as a, of a team as Brooklyn is due to the lack of players being able to play with each other this season, Uh, COVID stuff, like injuries, whatever the case may be, you know, no excuses at the end of the day. Like Boston was a better team, but there was a lot of factors that went into it and they capitalized, man. They're, they're a really good team. It'd be interesting to see what they do.
0: I'm glad that you uh, said that it was more about Boston being that good because that was honestly the takeaway that I have from that series. I know that, you know, you had mentioned, you know, Brooklyn's struggles and all of that. But yeah, the thing that I took away was the same thing that you did in terms of their defense. I mean, their defense was just, it's, it's not a, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's not defense that you see in everyday games in the NBA. And it, it, and because of that, it stood out. Um, I mean, when you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart as your, you know, three guards, (laughs) just guarding all of your best players, then it's, that's a tough matchup, and Jason Tatum has turned himself, <clears throat> sorry, into. I agree with you, a superstar, not just on offense but on defense as well. He was guarding Durant a lot that series, uh, and he played a big part in just forcing Durant to be uncomfortable and not look like himself. Um, I I agree with you. I do think that the Celtics, especially if they do get Milwaukee with Chris Middleton being out, um, I think that's a favorable matchup for for Boston, especially coming off of this series um and the one thing that i have about brooklyn and it w- it was one of those things where you could excuse the first year because Durant was injured last year there was a lot of again moving parts this year especially i think it looks worse now that they've gotten to the playoffs because i think this would actually would have been a good playoff for them to make a push one because the bronze out two because in the eastern conference the 76ers they're not that great, and even if they were that great, Joel and B just tore a ligament in his hand, I believe. So he's going to be affected. Um, so that's another big team right there. Devin Booker has a hamstring. Hamstrings kind of linger, so who knows how he's going to be. Um, and then also the Chris Middleton. Guy. So you have all of these big teams who have these little injuries. So if there was ever a year for Boston to make that push, I feel like it would have been this year. And it kind of makes it worse to me in that. And in, uh, in hindsight, being twenty twenty, but still. Uh, Sam what were your thoughts on this series what were your biggest takeaways
2: yeah I think you, you gotta give it I think Boston was able to really highlight the shortcomings of Brooklyn um, whether it be I don't think we've ever seen a team with a healthy Kyrie and a healthy KD really get dominated on the defensive end or really have so many hardships and obstacles going into scoring As the way that Boston was able to pose for them. I think that goes to personnel, their ability to have the defensive player of the year, have Jalen Brown, who's a willing and good defender, have Jason Tatum, who's got that length and maybe one of five guys that can kind of match up defensively against Kevin Durant and really give him some trouble, but not not even that they were able to throw out Al Horford and Tyson. Williams and all these different guys that seemingly were able to put up at Pritchard even got moments to shine in this series I think they were able to whatever person they were able to throw in there were was able to buy into that defensive mentality and it was just great team defense but we can't give Brooklyn the benefit of the doubt here I think the Josh, when you said it was like six or seven points, right, that could have swung this series and this series could still be going on if six or seven points went a different way. I think that kind of goes to show a little bit of Kyrie's and Kevin's inability to take that game over as two, maybe the two only superstars in this league going into the going into this series. The two of the superstars in this series, how they weren't able to jump up to the challenge and show up and really take games over and win those games for those teams. Yeah. The defense was crazy good, but they are two of the best offensive players in the league. I think that's gotta be
1: definitely said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll say quick, like they are the main guys. So ultimately that, that burden or whatever blame is going to fall on them and some of it is deserved. I mean, Durant did have 16 points in in game three, and he, I think, went 0 for 10 in the second half of, of game two. So there were moments that he wasn't at his best. I think ultimately, though, like at the end of the day, they, especially in games three and four, which I watched in almost in entirety in both of those, they could not cut that gap below four points. It was like four to 10 points. So it doesn't matter how much they were scoring. They could not get a stop or string together stops to where they could retake the lead. And so what that shows me is that one team is just simply better than the other. They're able to get the stops when they needed to and continue to score. Those guys didn't have the stops. So Boston has a better overall team. They're they're three, four deep. Brooklyn is a two-man show. Uh, I think that's why I think next year is the real test because you would have thought it would have been this year. Kyrie's out most of the year by his choice Harden essentially decides to quit on the team in the the middle of the year and move on they bring in a guy for him who doesn't play and so it's like you know again it's not making excuses for them but next year if they were to do the same thing you can't have this conversation like at that point you almost have to break the team up or, or fire the coach or whatever and I like Steve Nash but man he did not I mean, he did not respond to any of the, the defensive schemes or any of the, uh, the game plan from, from the Celtics' first-year head coach. And especially after Yudoka was an assistant under Nash last year, like, I don't know, that's a tough to swallow. I know Nash – I really like Nash. He was a, I liked his style of play, and, like, I think he's a great coach for these guys, but I don't know. At the end of the day, like, this next year will be the true test for them. You just got to hope if you're a fan of that team that they can keep their guys healthy – and uh, you know, get get Simmons playing or, or figure out what is going on with him. So
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you guys heard the comments after the game from Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but I mean, and we don't have to get into them, but some of the comments from Kyrie after the fact were just infuriating <laughs> as a, as somebody who like who watches the NBA. But we can we can you know, yeah, dive down that's that.
1: nothing nothing new we don't have to go down the rabbit trail. It's nothing new from Tyree. He's always getting stuff that is like a little bit off, like what? But, you know, he's a supreme talent. Like he's so fun to watch. He's just, he's out there with some of his responses for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. All right. Well, that'll close the, uh, that'll close the book on maybe what some people thought was going to be the most interesting series in the first round. And maybe it was for different reasons other than being um, over. I mean, it was competitive, but I mean, it was a competitive sweep, which is kind of a, (laughs) I, I mean i don't know Crazy. i don't know any other way to put it um, anyway, right, I, I know
1: ne- next year i'm not predicting lakers so i'm just gonna say that <laughs>
0: no I, w- I wouldn't either <laughs> i wouldn't either but um i mean that's about as big of a big of an oxymoron as you could have so all right sam you're up <clears throat>
2: Okay, so I think it's time. Let's keep it still in the east here. I think it's time to talk about Giannis because I think his evolution has been super interesting. Where do you think the biggest transition he's made in his game from almost going from a, a traditional playoff flame out over his career to now one of the most sure things in the playoffs you can count on?
1: Yeah, you know, I had this kind of undying trust. Uh, in him because he has a factor uh, that you really you can't teach it it's just almost something that he's grown up with and it's simply the fact that he doesn't care what what people think of him like the sharp the such the sharp contrast last year between him and and Ben Simmons right like Giannis uh, the prime example is when you know Ben Simmons is in that game seven against the Hawks and he passes up that wide open layup right the the moment that everybody talked about and then he eventually, you know, decides not to play this year between that and his response versus Giannis when he's in the playoffs last year and missing free throw after free throw in the series against the Hawks. And then somehow turning it around and making almost every free throw in the finals. The ability that this guy has, there was a clip that came out of Giannis too. I believe he's talking to PJ Tucker at a practice where he said, you know, I've airballed like game winning shots. Like I've airballed free throws. Like I don't care. You know, I just continue to get better. He literally does continue to get better. And I think that's why this next series will be so interesting because years ago, the Bucs played the Celtics, I believe it was 2018 or 19 in the playoffs. And the Celtics won game one by establishing a wall, kind of a wall of defenders on the fast break. they were able to slow him down. Uh, the Bucs came back and ended up winning that series. But I don't think there's any one strategy you can put on him anymore because he – is about as physically dominant as any of these, you know, big centers that you've seen in the league before. But yet he can run the floor and handle so well. I think his passing has gotten better. I think he has the ability to make a mid-range jump shot, maybe a little one-legged pull-up jump shot. Um, he can occasionally hit a three. And if he's, you know, somewhat reliable, if he's like seventy to eighty percent from the free throw line, there's really not more you can ask. And so what he's going to cont- consistently do makes him so dangerous offensively is he's going to draw in a bunch of defenders and that team is primed for that because he'll kick out to Grayson Allen or whoever else is on the wing. And if they can knock down threes, then that team can be successful. So I think his ability, two factors, his, his, you know, undying ability to say, I just don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care if I fail, I'm going to continue to get better. And then actually putting in that work and getting better, which we've seen the results of like that, that's the reason why he's the player he is.
2: Yeah. I think it's, it's so astonishing. the, the stark contrast even between him in his first five years to him in the last two years, I think is so crazy different of, I almost put him now on the level of a LeBron in the playoffs where you can noticeably see he can flip that switch and almost take over the game where he's controlling a game and the flow of the game that only a few guys have. And it's, it's almost, it's like effortless, um, against a good Chicago team I, Chicago was one of the best teams in the East for a long, for this pretty much this whole year and he's doing this without Chris Middleton granted with a great supporting cast around him that's playing really well in this series and that's a huge part of it but he is it's like nothing no one can stop him I don't even know if Boston can stop him with how well he's playing
0: well I mean I don't know and I, I guess I go back to what uh, Josh you said earlier about, you know, not knowing if there's necessarily one strategy that you could use anymore to stop Giannis. I would have said the same thing about Kevin Durant. And, you know, we saw what happened last series. Granted, they're two different players. And I think one thing that Boston is going to have to account for with Giannis that they didn't have to with Kyrie is that Giannis is going to be much more physically dominating than Kevin Durant is like Durant will sit back, cross you up, and just hit one in your face. Giannis will drive and dunk on your face. And there's so there's a little bit, there's a different style of defense that you kind of have to account for with that instead. Um, so but I mean like I said, I would have I would have said the same thing about Durant and they ended up sweeping the nets. I think Milwaukee is top to bottom a better team. It's going to be interesting if Middleton doesn't come back that, I mean, I feel like How if long he is doesn't feel like that's going to be... Do we know? I think it was a two- to four-week injury. That was the last that I had heard, but I don't know if is he, he is... Is he already I mean, coming
2: be out? I can series? check.
0: I can check real quick, but I know the last that I had heard from ESPN was that his supposed injury um, was usually a two- to four-week thing, um, and I'm reading right here from Woj says right here Chris Middleton's knee is expected to uh, is expected to miss at least two weeks yeah that's from Woj so I mean we'll see it, so it might bleed over into the into this um, series with Boston assuming that they okay well as we're filming they just beat uh, Chicago so <laughs> so oh, there, you, go, there you have it so there you have it <laughs> so Milwaukee versus Boston <clears throat> which wow that's going to be a great series <laughs> yeah
2: with how well Drew Holiday's playing, I think it that definitely tightens it up a little bit.
0: Well, you know, even Grayson Allen has had major uh moments for the Bucks this postseason, especially in game four. I think it was four. Um, that he played really well. So um, all right, well, so I'll keep um I'll keep that in mind with uh with Giannis. And I had a question about the Celtics, so I'll tie those two in. With this question, the perhaps the most competitive from top to bottom series so far, which I don't know if anybody was expecting heading in uh, to the playoffs has been the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. And that has been a matchup between John Morant and Anthony Edwards. So the question that I have for you, I had said, I think it was last week that John Morant and Anthony Edwards might be the most entertaining um, uh, rivalry. Um, going forward in the NBA the question that I would have for you is and now that it, and the only reason why I'm thinking of this is because I think we forget sometimes how young Giannis is Giannis is only 27 and Jason Tatum I think is like 25 so they're both really young so my question to you is what do you think is going to be a better better rivalry going forward in the NBA is it going to be Ja versus Anthony Edwards or Jason Tatum and the Celtics versus Giannis and the Bucks?
1: Wow, that is a really tough question. Yeah, Tatum, let's see, Tatum was, I believe, 2017 or 18. Tatum might be 23 or 24. I don't know. There's, ah, man, both of these have an expectancy, a very long shelf life ahead of them. I mean, obviously, John Anthony Edwards could be even longer um it's just good to see like I'm glad to see Minnesota is finally doing something I mean I, they're blowing a lot of leads okay let's get that straight <laughs> they're blowing a lot of leads I mean it's a young team I understand it so is Memphis but yeah I mean at least they're finally there I mean a team with so many top picks I mean Towns number one D D number two Edwards number one like they got so many top picks on that team it was about time that they got out of the cellar but uh man better rivalry going forward I mean, I think ultimately the, the players who are who probably go down as greater and more dominant players. I mean, Giannis is going to be one of the most dominant players ever. Um, so I like that, that matchup in those teams in the East a bit more. Uh, but, man, for, for a different type of guard, I mean, guard rivalry, yeah. I mean, Anthony Edwards and, and Morant has is, is definitely proved, proved uh, it's going to be great for years to come here.
0: I mean, you talk about two of the most explosive young players in the league, and they're in the same series, right? It has been so, so fun. I had up until up until last year, my favorite dunk that I had ever seen in an NBA game was the famous uh, CP3 lob to DeAndre Jordan. Um, and then last year, Anthony Edwards baseline dunk became yeah. my favorite. Became my favorite yeah. one I had ever seen. And then just yesterday. John Morant's poster down the middle of the lane was one of those ones where it was like, okay, well throw that into the question now yeah. too. Um, so I mean, talk and, I mean, and it's funny to me, the, just the, I guess, anatomy of both of them. Cause John Morant is kind of this slender, um, guard. He's really shifty, but he attacks so aggressively. And Anthony Edwards is built like a freaking football player. Um, And it's just an interesting, interesting dynamic between uh, those two. And yeah, with the Tatum and Giannis thing, I mean, I think you're right. I think they're going to go down as, as, you know, greater all time in terms of the spectrum. But, you know, I was thinking about the, I feel like this playoffs has been kind of a platform for a couple of young players to really show who they are. I mean, Anthony Edwards, John Morant and Brandon Ingram has showed up as like, he's emerging as like a superstar in the league. And then you have, even Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey is playing really well. I don't know what he's going to end up being. And then Jordan Poole has played really well. And it's just all these guys who are really young and playing really well. And I think that's a really good thing for the NBA. I know, Sam, you and I, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago talking about how there's going to, there's a changing of the guard in, like, all of sports right now between LeBron and Federer and Tiger and Brady and... Um, so the NBA, the NBA is in a good place with their, with their young stars right now.
2: Yeah, I'm most, I'm most impressed going off of that with Jason Tatum and his – because it almost seemed like they had that run early in his career. I think it was his first or second year where they made it to the conference finals against LeBron, ended up losing, but had like a great run. And it almost seemed like he plateaued a little bit where we don't really hear about Jason Tatum, but now it's like he's gone to a completely different level. Going back to just that Brooklyn series, every answer is either him or Jalen Brown answering any run that those guys,
1: and that's, I think, the biggest thing for any player to really take that next step. Yeah, yeah, Tatum, he's definitely stepped his game up from a defensive point of view, but the reason why he's not just like this great young player that people think is like, yeah, he's good, but he's not in the conversation. He's, He's in the conversation now because he's a playmaker as well. I mean, so many plays... Uh, Grant Williams corner threes like he was just making plays for his teammates all over the place and so when you get to that type of level where you're not he's not just a scorer like he's not somebody who's going to score you know maybe like 20 points and have you know two assists one rebound like he's going to fill the stat sheet so uh, and do it at do it in a consistent rate too and so now he's really improved that was their first year that they went to the conference finals and it's tough I mean like you're talking beforehand like on on this about the, the 10-year-old who's getting all these hole-in-whats. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. you set the standard so high for yourself so <laughs> early on. Everybody's going to, anything less of that, you know, less than a conference mm-hmm. finals, less than getting so much better. Uh, it's tough, too, especially for such a young player, which I think the expectations on these young guys nowadays is, like, sky high. So the fact that Anthony Edwards is in his second year, you know, John Morant's in his third year, like, doing what they're doing is really impressive because... I mean, it's a it's a microwave society. They expect you to perform right away. Kobe Bryant was one of the greatest players ever. And, like, the first couple of years, he rode the bench. You know what I mean? So, some guys need time. And some of these guys are coming out, and they're, they're, like, really good right away. It's a testament to they're playing a lot more now. There's certain elite circuits that these guys can play in all the way from high school level and play nothing but one sport. It wasn't like that back in the day. so. Guys are progressing a lot sooner, and it's you're totally right, Jason. Like, league is in a great place. Uh, You know, the LeBrons, the KDs are still going to be there for a couple more years. Uh, But, you know, LeBron for a couple more years, Durant maybe five to eight more years. Who knows? But, no, I mean, once you pass the guard off, like, there's no dip in the level of play for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many young, legit, like, superstars do you think we could name just off the top of our heads right now? I mean – I mean, if we—I mean, what? So let's just let's just quickly rattle off some names like Booker, Tatum, Ingram, um,
2: Luca is a big one.
1: Yeah, Luca is a big Victor one. Giannis.
0: You,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Donovan Mitchell when he leaves. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Mitchell when he leaves. <laughs> uh, but here's uh, another one where it's like Trey such an impressive first. Yeah, Trey Young too, and like, man, you can't knock Trey Young. He had a quote in the series where it's like, I haven't been guarded like this since high school, right? Yes. <laughs> they were throwing like freaking, I think they were throwing boxing ones at him and like doubles and traps. And like, he was so impressive last postseason with what he was able to do, you know? And it's like, you just didn't think the Hawks were going to make it back to the conference finals again, right? Like they oh, were no. able to make <laughs> such an impressive run. And it just shows you like, once you have your opportunity, you really got to capitalize on it because it's not guaranteed it's going to come around again right away. And you know it just shows that hey, like these teams, they 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 keep the core. Like Atlanta kind of kept their core, but they didn't really add any additional pieces. You know, they didn't really reload and add. So it's gonna be tough for a team like that because the Eastern Conference, um, uh, the Eastern Conference is like, it's it's crazy how it's grown. You know, just, like, in the middle of the 2010s, we're talking about, oh, do we need to have a 16-team playoff, whatever. And now it's, like, the Eastern Conference might be better because there's, like, three or four teams that can come out of that conference. So, you know, it just takes time.
2: Josh, did you turn your video off?
1: No, I'm just – there's a call going through, so I should be good. Oh, okay. Oh,
0: there we go. We lost it. <laughs> All right, we back. We back. Um oh. All right. Well, I mean, I I think I mean I think we all can agree. Like we said, yeah, the NBA is in just a great place with their young superstars, and um, it'll be really fun to see going forward uh, how all of these one series uh, shake out, but also these teams um, going forward. And if you can, if you are watching us, that graphic of Josh—it's very nicely put together. I have to say, the the Wilson basketball right there, the logo—it's it's well put together.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Hope you enjoy that.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, Sam, what's uh, what's your last question? So this is a good jumping off
2: point because we're going to talk about one of those young stars um, in his team. And probably the, um, I want to say worst series, but probably the series that no one's talking about in Utah (laughs) v. Dallas. Um, Josh, what do you make of the Mavs? Now with Jalen Brunson really emerging as the clear running mate to Luka, Luka came back healthy, looked really good in that game five. Um, when do you think they pose a threat to the elite of the West, the Phoenixes, the Golden States, the Memphises? Or is this just the Jazz making the Mavs kind of look better than what we, we thought?
1: Uh, probably a little bit of both. I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, that's, that's not it. you can't take that one. <laughs> did,
1: uh, the, jazz make, the Jazz make everybody look better, man. So disappointing, but uh, I mean, Dallas, like, has a very – every year it matters the certain situation that you find yourself in because they have a good opportunity if Booker is coming back from this hamstring, if he's not able to be 100%, which <clears throat> a hamstring, like, you just don't heal it in a couple of weeks. I mean, Jim's Harden had the hamstring injury last postseason, and he was a shell of himself for the rest of that series, the game of, like, five through seven that he played in. So I wouldn't expect Booker to come back and just be dropping 30 again like he was before. So – Dallas has a very unique opportunity, especially seeing what New Orleans has done. The Pelicans may not win the series. Uh, being able to kind of test and push Phoenix, Dallas has a you know opportunity to actually take the next series against Phoenix and make the West Finals. But to me, that doesn't show me that they're a West Finals every year capable team. I mean, their roster is just not built for that. Uh, they have solid players but they really don't have a true number two next to Luca, though Jalen Brunson is, is doing all he can to emerge as that. Uh, they're going to need another another name there to help him out. Um, I don't know, Josh. It, he
2: looks pretty good. Brunson is looking pretty good this year. In all the time that luca has been out, he's been
1: carrying that team in the workload. Yeah, and, and, I mean, credit goes to him. I don't think he's a number two option on a championship team, right? If, if that's the ultimate goal, like, Jalen Brunson won't be your number two option plus not to take anything away from them but I mean Stephen A did say about Utah what will go wrong does and that's basically what happens with them every year it's very disappointing they reminded me of the Clippers from the mid-2010s and like mm. it's time to <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually break that team apart because they're just not going to get anywhere with it. it's unfortunate but you know playing Gobert can make a defensive liability and offensively Man, if you're center, if you're bigs, they can't shoot anymore. Or if you can't shoot free throws like you saw in the Brooklyn series of Mick Claxton missing so many free throws, it's just a liability on the court. Like the game has changed. You can't play the old Doc Rivers style with two bigs. You know, and now you see what happened to Philly. We'll see what happens with them. <laughs> yeah. They could blow four in a row. I mean, I would not be surprised if Doc no, not lost all. four games in a row. Sorry to go on a tangent there. But all I that to say is that, yeah, Mavericks have a chance to make some noise this year take advantage of some things uh kind of like kind of like Atlanta did last year right they got a similar team overall but I don't see them overall being able to to complete it if they don't like unlike you know Atlanta they kept the same unit but they didn't you know add pieces that could make them that better much better of a team so Dallas gonna have to do that in the offseason so well, well
0: Jalen Brunson watches the show, so he's gonna he's gonna I imagine talk to you
1: after this is over, <laughs> or at least after oh, years. So oh, you've heard from him before? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even if I mean, it's good player. I mean, I'm a fan. I just I don't think he's number two. Like, no, I'm kidding. I'm he, should, kidding. he should think he's a number two, but I don't think he is. I've been
2: thoroughly impressed with his play and um, Spencer's did with his play because they've been searching for someone to really handle the ball. This is, ever, this is what they wanted Porzingis to really do and fill that void. And I think they got two guys that are playing at the best level they've ever played in their career, and it seems to be working.
1: Yeah, Something that matters ultimately at the end of the day is if the guys don't lack confidence, and that's the type of guys that you want on your team. They can now lack confidence and come through, right? Some guys – you know, they think they're they, they may be better than they actually are. These guys, they don't lack confidence in it, and they're able to come through in moments. So those are the type of guys you want on your team. Put one other star next to Luca and you can have a legitimate team there if you be able to keep would, Brunson yeah. and Dinwiddie.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I do think that if they are gonna make a legitimate title push, then they do need at least one more piece, and that's probably gonna be in the form of you know, a four or a five. I don't know where I don't know who is gonna be on the market next season. I don't even know if they're gonna be in the market next season, but um I think they do need a, a big to compliment to compliment Luca for sure. For sure. Hey,
2: we all we all thought Chris Middleton was not championship winning number two. They they proved us wrong last year.
0: Chris Middleton and Pascal Siakam, to me, are like the same <laughs> player <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> you know, when Kawhi won that championship with Pascal and, you know, Giannis with Chris, I feel like I, I can't separate those two in my head. They're so similar with how they play. And they're both so talented.
1: Yeah, yeah. Each of those teams had a, had a formula, though. Like, you had a really good three or four, whatever you want to call it, Kawhi Giannis, that position that they play. Got a good point guard who's making shots, playing good defense, mm-hmm. Van Vliet, Holiday, and then you have a shooting guard or, you know, whatever Siakam was, a shooting guard or small forward. Get you some buckets, play some good defense. But that's, a, that's the thing. Like, you got three solid players, kind of a big three, if you will. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, and Luca a big three? I don't know. You tell me. Sam thinks <laughs> so. I don't know. If that's a championship big three. Buckets. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sneak one more question into this at the end. Are the Warriors the best team in the playoffs
1: right now? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. They have a fully healthy team and that's the main thing. Like literally just give me the team who's healthiest at the end of the day. And that team could win the championship. That's what happened last year with the Bucks. Not to take anything away from any other team, but they're able to keep themselves healthy uh, though. They had scares here and there. Like, that's what matters. Like you're healthy and you're playing well as a unit. Uh, we really haven't seen. I feel like we've gone the whole year and I haven't seen this Warriors team. And that's that's like the the scary part for everybody else because like there's really no way you can defensively scheme for them. They got so many weapons, Mm -hmm. so many shooters. They play good defense. Uh, You know, you have Draymond who's an engine who's able to make plays, play defense. I mean, I don't know, like space the floor. This is a very scary team. Uh, When they had, when they this reminds me a lot more of their team before. Uh, Durant better than that team though I'd say the, the, mm-hmm. the main thing when they got Durant yes they got better as a team but they lost a lot of depth because they had a bunch of max players and you can't have depth when you have you know have to pay all these guys so now they have their depth back uh, and they're able to do it too because guys like Poole they're not paying exorbitant amount of money he eventually will get that um, but he's been able to you know on this rookie deal or whatever he's on get better every single year and, and be a legitimate player. And because of the injury to clay, you know, he's had more time and injury to Steph, He's had more time and he's just stepped up in that role. So uh, yeah, the, my finals bracket, I have them in the Bucks, Uh And I have the Warriors winning that in seven games. So wow. we'll see. I mean, like it's, it, they look like they could be the best team right now. I thought Phoenix would, would really be the main challenge for them, but the, the health of Booker is everything. It really is everything. And if he's not going to be able to be 100%, I don't think they can beat them in a seven-game series.
0: Yeah. Well, as we're recording this right now, the Warriors and the Nuggets have tipped off for game five. It is currently eight to five. So there you (laughs) go. Breaking news. (laughs) Breaking news. Sam, you got any last-minute burning questions?
2: No, no, not really. I think Josh – definitely answer a lot. We, uh, we appreciate you coming on, Josh. That was awesome. Um, giving us some of your basketball knowledge. I know every time we've had you on, they've been good shows, good good episodes about basketball. So just really appreciate it, man.
1: Appreciate you guys. Good to see your faces. Maybe. Talk to you again.
0: Yeah,
2: Be yeah. careful back there. This looks like there's a truck that's stopping.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: there is a truck in the back. back there in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Right there, so no, it's over your left shoulder, it's on your left shoulder.
1: Yeah, oh, a, he's taking pictures of his truck for the gram or something. Just oh, stop, he's taking pictures, trying to sell it. It's pretty majestic, pretty majestic background. I don't blame him. Oh
0: man, that's a perfect note to end it I'm taking pictures of trucks for the gram, I like it. I like it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. All right. Well, Josh, as always, again, like Sam said, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I'm sure if we can, we. Uh, I mean, if we could do this again either before the NBA Finals or after the NBA Finals, I think that would be really fun. So.
1: Sure. Definitely. Definitely.
0: Fantastic. All right, man. Well, enjoy wherever you're at <laughs> and uh we'll uh we'll talk to you uh, we'll talk to
1: you later all right you guys have a good rest of the show thanks for having me on <laughs> thanks you, josh man. all right bye
2: i think this is we should have talked about it with josh but we just we talked about so much um the bus driver because i think that is super oh, okay
0: yeah yeah, we I think mean, it's we can super
2: interesting of how we judge players and how we judge star players. Um, I'm sure everyone that's watching this knows the um, the beef between Chuck Charles. Give Berkeley, people a little and... backstory
0: because I needed a refresher on it as well.
2: Right, right. So, um, <laughs> so during the Brooklyn series, Charles Barkley and Shaq were very critical of Kevin Durant's play because we haven't really seen Kevin Durant play that poorly. Um, And except for 2013, I guess, is when uh, Josh alluded to when Tony Allen and the Grizzlies were giving him problems. We've really never seen, I think that's definitely a testament to how good of a player he is that we hold him to that high standard, but they were saying that almost almost discrediting his championship wins and his playoff successes because he wasn't the leader of the bus in Golden State. I think that's been a super big mantra with the whole mega super team that was created. And, almost giving that asterisk to those championships that he had. And he did win finals MVP for both of those wins. So if that's not being the bus driver, I don't know what is, but they were almost like he wasn't really the driving force almost for those teams. And I don't know if, does this almost open a door to judge other players and judge other championships? Cause I feel like this isn't really super fair for players. Like take Dwayne Wade, for example, are we only going to say he only has one ring because he was the driving factor for that 2006 Miami ring and he was carried, quote-unquote, by LeBron for two rings? Like, what does that say for his legacy type of thing?
0: I don't know. Maybe it's tough with Durant because I think the optics of the situation are he couldn't win by himself, at least on the surface. He went to a team that had already won the championship without him. He ended up winning two championships there, and now he can't win by himself. So mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like what they're saying, but he's not even by himself right now, which is the thing. But maybe makes it worse. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's it's a player to player basis. I mean, Dwayne Wade won one by himself, so he proved that he could do it. Um,
2: With Shaq, Vaughn,
0: I mean, they did have Shaq, but they didn't <laughs> have like La Shaq. Yeah, um, but they, was, did they did have it. They have a pretty good version of Shaq, though. Um, yeah, and you know LeBron's won by himself, um, and at least the one in Cleveland he did, and then the one in uh, LA, I think he really needed. Um, but I think the thing with LeBron as well is that maybe he hasn't won. You know, he's been to what ten finals or something like that. He hasn't won all ten, but at least he's it's something like that um 11? could be 11 it's it's either 9 10 or 11 four, which is an four obscene number he's four yeah, 6 yeah it's an obscene number but at least he's gotten there um and to get i mean the comparison that I kept hearing this week is that people still talk about Le, the LeBron Dallas series and that happened 10 11 years ago so people are def- never going to forget this series for Kevin Durant and the, my favorite thing that I heard earlier this week was um, I don't remember who said it it came from an analyst on ESPN but I don't remember but they were saying that what's going to be even worse for Durant is if Golden State wins this year Mm. because then it would be like well they won without you before you and then they also won without you after so did they really need you for the two in the middle who knows (laughs) Um, so he is praying that Golden State is not win this year, and I—I I, I don't know. I think it's something that you have to do on a player-to-player basis, based on their track record and stuff. I think it's a fair argument for Durant um, because he hasn't had the level of success that somebody like LeBron, who he gets compared to, uh, has had when he, you know, comparatively has had more around him. Um, so, although I guess the years with you know. I feel like the years that LeBron was in Miami could be compared to the years that um, Durant was in Golden okay. State, and they both won two. Uh, but then LeBron went and won one in Cleveland, and then he won one in LA. So I think
2: it's—I th- I don't even think it's more or less like the, their supporting cast. I think it's their um, distinction within the league. Kevin Durant, in most people's eyes, is the best player on the planet. He, for a lot of people, maybe as early as two years ago was the best player but undoubtedly is right now you could maybe put Giannis there but I think everyone's putting on a skill level and how well he's played Kevin Durant is the best player and to be held to that standard I mean if LeBron got swept in the first round he would get missing the playoffs this year got eviscerated for it getting swept to the, I don't think if If LeBron – if this LeBron Lakers team were to make the playoffs, I don't think they get swept just because of his brilliance. I don't think they do. I think that's a a testament to how good of a player he he is, and that's the standard that Kevin Durant was really held to this year, and that's why it's such a – almost held as like a colossal failure.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to see how this – I mean, I'm going to be interested to see how this beef sort of plays out between – Durant and you know the countdown guys because I think it's a fair analysis um I don't think it's fair for every player but you know it's a it's a player to player basis thing like you you're not you you can't do it with everybody um but then again not everybody has the opportunity to get compared to Michael Jordan and LeBron James so if you're going to be in that air then It's it's what's going to happen. It comes with the territory. If you get swept in the first round, then you're going to hear about it for probably the rest of your career.
2: And I feel like it wasn't, um, it wasn't really justified. Kevin uh, was like comparing, I was bringing up like all the different, like great teams, great players that Chuck played on, but he owned it. Charles owned it. It was like, yeah, I was the leader and I didn't win. That's a huge mark against my legacy. And that's what Kevin's going to have to deal with. That was the whole thing. It wasn't like, that's not that's, something, that's not something that I'm like better than you or that's not applicable to me. That's directly applicable to me and he owned it. I don't think that was de- definitely um, sort of acknowledged on Kevin's end. It was almost like, yeah. dude, why is this guy talking to me when he had to deal with the exact same thing or when he couldn't get it done with these players?
0: I mean... At the end of the day, like I said, if you're gonna be in that rarefied, if you wanna be in that rarefied air with the greats of all time, then you can't get swept in the first round with Kyrie Irving on your team. You just can't. Um and not only with Kyrie Irving, but Seth Curry, who was a very good player, Gordon Drogic almost won the game. <laughs> um, uh held DeAndre Jordan played some important minutes. Um okay, and John. Andre Drummond, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, my bad. Uh, Bruce
2: Brown played really well. Bruce
0: Brown played really well. I mean, there were enough guys there for them to at least win a game. Um, and if you're if you're Kevin Durant, you can't go out there and go over ten in the second half of a game, or have 16 points in game three. You just you can't do it. You cannot do it. And, um, yeah, so we're... it's 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 red to to quote uh, black widow that's red on the ledger <laughs> <laughs> so. <All right. laughs> so. Okay. so come on that was a good poll that was, a, was good a good poll. poll
2: avengers 2012
0: that was a good poll that was a good poll
2: or 2011 <laughs> i can't remember when avengers came out but i think we're
1: def- Are we on the side it, of the track a little bit
0: i think so i think so So point one for old Chucky. <laughs> Sir Charles. <laughs> Sir Charles. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that'll that'll wrap it up for us on episode 130 of Nothing to Say the Fans Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and/or watching. Um, thank you again to Josh for coming on the show. Hopefully, we'll get him on either before or after the NBA finals. We'll have to figure out which one feels appropriate. I almost feel more inclined to do after. Um, because I feel like we can get a breakdown of it, but then again, there's, you know, the whole preview thing. Maybe we'll do both. Who knows? Yeah, no. um, we'll, we'll, see. We'll, we'll keep
2: calling okay. him on his way home from work. That's what's gonna Yes.
0: Happen. Yes. <laughs> Majestic Elder. <uncle> <laughs> hey, can you pull over real quick, Josh? We <laughs> just got a couple questions for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's at the gas station. Like, yeah, I'm pumping. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> he's shopping or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, well, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week.
1: Thanks, everyone.